Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Do you feel like it's hard to find scholarships for PT school? That's why we started the Gratitude Scholarship to help SPTs just like you, whether you're at an accredited school, you were on academic probation for not getting a B, whether you're first year, second year, third year, it does not matter. Good thing is, all you need to be is a current student physical therapist. Check out how you can support, share, and apply with a link in the description. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today, we have a very special guest on, and we are so excited to talk with you, Alyssa. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share my journey with you guys. Ooh, we're excited to hear it. And for the people who like, don't really know you, can you tell a little bit about, first of all, what got you into physical therapy in the first place? That's a great question. So my road to physical therapy was a little bit of a journey and, you know, not exactly the typical one. You know, if I was six years old and somebody asked me like what I wanted to be, I think at first it was a teacher. And then uh, for the most of my life, it was like, I want to be a doctor because as physical therapy students, I'm sure like you and your classmates know everybody for the most part, is pretty driven, like type A. And that was totally me. So I'm like, okay, doctor makes the most sense. However, um, the more I got involved in sports, the more I got involved in tutoring and mentoring. I really love that one-on-one relationship with, um, with either like the people that you're working with and able to see like growth and, and progress with working with somebody one-on-one and reflecting on my own journey. I tore my ACL my freshman year of high school. So I definitely got a lot of PT experience from there. And it kind of just came together my junior year of college after you know, I was thinking about doing med school. I actually took the MCAT a couple times and that was, that was fun. But yeah, I think overall, I just really fell in love with PT as a profession and being able to have those one-on-one relationships with patients and to be with them start to finish in the trenches and being able to get them back to where they need to be. Wait, what sports were you involved in? So in high school, I was playing basketball, softball, and volleyball. And then in college, I played volleyball and softball. Okay. Lots of sports. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool though. And, um, how was your first semester of PT school? What was that transition like from undergrad to grad school? It was interesting. I think it was, it was an adjustment getting used to a new environment. So I didn't go to PT school, like the same school that I did undergrad. So just getting used to a new space, I ended up like moving home and living at home while doing PT school. So that was also an adjustment as well. But academically, I would say that it was challenging, but it was a different kind of challenging. So my my undergraduate degree was a little different than I feel like most people um, going into PT school have a kinesiology degree or like something like that. So I was a biochem major. So very relevant to PT stuff, not really. Um, 
So I think switching my brain from like a molecular level and like chemistry and biology, it was different than looking at like the bigger scope of you know, like the human body and how it works. But I think even though a biochem degree seems a little bit backwards or different and not really relevant, I think I really appreciated having that background from like a microscopic level and being able to apply it to a bigger level and just having a deeper understanding of, of why stuff works and being able to apply it from there. That's really cool. And especially, like you said, not coming from you know, the exercise science major, uh, and really just getting another, it's still, you know, science and medical, but like you said, on the molecular level, and then being able to expand that once you learn on a more gross level of, Mm -hmm. okay, like this is how, um, this is how the body works, but that is really cool. And take us through like how PT school was, um, throughout, like how, how was it in relationship to you as a student, like the, the workload and were you able to have a job during school or what, um, what were you doing as a student? As far as the workload, I think it was fairly manageable from being a two sport athlete in college and having to juggle sports practices, like workouts, traveling for games and tournaments and things like that on top of studying. I think I was well prepared from a time management perspective, which I was really thankful for. So uh, I thought as far as the workload went, I was, um, I felt I was very prepared and PT school wasn't a huge, a huge shock to me. I was actually able to have a job Uh, I want to say maybe the first two years I coached club volleyball, which I thought was, was fun to have a little bit of an outlet away from PT school and be able to work with kids and have fun and continue to be in a sports environment that that's really familiar and that I loved. But I want to say after second year, like when clinical started ramping up a little bit, I ended up stopped coaching and, um, more so to kind of some like minor coaching roles, doing weekend camps and things like that um, every so often. But I think as clinical started, that kind of became like a job for me. So, you know, had to kind of put that aside. But overall through PT school, I thought it was it was a roller coaster. I'm sure you guys can can relate to that. You know, there's some highs, there's some lows, but thankfully my, my classmates in PT school, we were just a tight knit family. It was so much fun. I went to a school, our cohort, I believe had 25 people in it. So we did everything together. And, you know, after exams and stuff, we always had a, we always had a tradition where we would go to this local, local place where we would play sand volleyball and just play some volleyball, hang out, try to, you know, vent out our stresses from exams and things like that. So it was, it was amazing having that support group throughout PT school. And I think that that made it so much more manageable to be able to go through that process with, you know, 25 other people and we were so close. So it was great having that family environment for sure. I think that's so awesome that you had a little family during PT school. And I know so many students listening can relate to that because they have smaller classes. And um, even if people have bigger classes, of course, it's a little different. But oftentimes you still you still get close because you're all going through like 30 hours a week of class together for two and a half years or whatever. So I think that's so cool and nice to bring up. Um, and how was like after PT school, what was your expectations of 
your first job out of PT school? What did you think versus um, how it went? So one thing that I do regret finishing up PT school was I felt like I didn't really enjoy my graduation. And, you know, unfortunately, the third years this year, they, you know, they didn't have a graduation at all. So I can't even imagine what they're going through. But I remember I was so focused on my residency because I had known, I want to say about the February before I graduated, that I was going to be going to Cincinnati to do my residency. And I remember sitting there in my cap and gown at graduation, stressing out like, oh my gosh, I still need to get my Ohio and Kentucky license. I have to take a jurisprudence exam. I have to get my fingerprint scanned. I have to move. And I was just like thinking about all the things that I had to do instead of kind of like soaking in the moment. So one thing that I would definitely recommend for for third years, you know, whether or not you even have a, a graduation ceremony is just to be really proud of the accomplishment of finishing up a doctorate program and just taking some time and space, whether traveling or just, you know, having a party or, you know, just doing what you have to do to be able to soak in that moment and take time to be proud of yourself. I think that was something that I wish I would have done before kind of jumping into my first job, but I think I, I kind of did in the way I did have some time. I had about a month before I had to, had to start my, my first job in my residency program, but the transition, I remember being way more nervous beforehand than actually when getting there. The, the people I were working, was working with, they were very, very comforting, very supportive and encouraging about making that transition as smooth as possible. So I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just not me. I have to sign my own notes. My CI doesn't have to check it off. Like, honestly, I think I stared at my first note ever that I was going to sign by myself for like probably 20 minutes. Like, oh my gosh, is this right? You know, am I going to get like fired or arrested? Like it was, there's definitely a little bit of fear and anxiety going on initially. Like, oh my goodness, this is all on me. I'm my own big PT. But I think, you know, after that first initial rush of, wow, you know, this is me. I'm on my own. It, it was kind of uh, smooth sailing from there, but it was, it was definitely an adjustment going from, you know, being in, in an educational environment where, you know, after PT school, we were in school for, you know, 20 some years, like pretty much our whole life. And we had defined ourselves by being students, like getting grades. That was pretty much life. So kind of going into like the work field where, you know, all of that's gone. It's, it's a little bit of adjustment, like identity wise, trying to figure out who you are, like what your purpose is and, you know, just trying to navigate those things. But um, no, it's, it's definitely a, definitely a fun experience for sure. That's amazing. And just to say like, you signed your first, oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> I feel like we're all going to go through that where we're about to sign our first note as licensed physical therapists. And it's like, I don't want to send it. It's, you know, it's like getting, <laughs> someone's going to reject you and it's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, it's such a surreal moment. And how was, so you're finished with your residency now. Um, if you want to go through like the application process of uh, how, you know, just a little bit into uh, the details of that, because I feel like, like you, we just talked uh, before 
we recorded about how some programs like they tell you like, yes, you can do a residency, but not how to actually apply. Um, so if you want to go more into that. Sure, definitely. So the application process for residencies, it's in a portal similar to uh, PTCAS, how you applied to PT school, except it's called RFPTCAS. So that residency portal, I believe, opens up October 1st, and you can um, start making your application from there. So you pretty much like put in your basic information as you would a PT school application, and there's letters of recommendation that you need. Depending on the residency program that you're applying to, some require different things like essays, and um, various things like that. So you have to submit all those things, uh, I wanna say for the most part between essays and the letter of recommendation and putting up your, um, you have to submit your like GPA and I think you have to manually like upload all your grades from, from PT school and possibly even undergrad. Um, not 100% sure on that, but the process from submitting your application, I want to say most residency application deadlines are December 1st. So between October 1st and December 1st, you have a couple months to get your application together, ask for letters of recommendation, write your essays, and things like that. And then after December 1st, I heard back probably within two weeks that I had an interview with Cincinnati. So I found out fairly quickly. And then the, the interview itself was, I believe, in the middle of January. So then it was another couple of weeks after that. So it was a fairly quick process after submitting the application. And then there's a, there's a deadline for residencies, for uh, the residencies to send out, like who they're going to pick. I'm not 100% sure what that deadline is. I want to say it's maybe in March. But I found out the middle of February that that I got mine. So between October 1st when it opens, December 1st when it closes, you find out for sure probably by by March if you if you had gotten a residency or not. So it's about a 3-month process from you know, finish of the application to finding out. And it was definitely a nerve wracking three months. I just remember knowing that I really wanted to do the residency at Cincinnati. Like I love sports. I love kids. This place has both. The people are awesome. The facility is great. They have such a great reputation. Like honestly don't even know what I was going to do if I didn't get it. I'm just like, this is what I wanted so badly. So I was definitely very thankful and, and very fortunate that it, that it all worked out. And what got you interested in a residency in the first place? Kind of what, uh, how did you find out about it? What was piquing your interest? So my grad school had people come on campus and talk to us about residency programs throughout PT school. So thankfully I was, I was introduced to residencies probably after my first year, but they were mostly like local local Wisconsin residencies coming in and talking to us about it. And I was very intrigued at uh, the mentorship proponent of it. And I thought that that would be a great way to you know, start your career by having somebody, somebody to just kind of talk through things about what you're seeing. And I know um, through PT school, you learn a lot of things. And the 
good thing about being PTs is that by the time you graduate, you're prepared to be in almost like any type of field of PT that there is. But on the flip side of that is, you know, a lot of things about a lot of different, like a lot of different environments. However, I felt like if I wanted to specialize in sports and pediatrics, there wasn't a lot that I learned in PT school about that niche environment. So I really thought that I wanted a little bit more specialized mentorship and learning specifically to the environment that I wanted to go in just because I wanted to feel the most prepared that I could in order to care for the patients that I was going to see. So it was definitely, I think, a further learning and understanding and a confidence thing for me that I just wanted a little extra boost before getting into my career. So I would start off on the right foot instead of um, just kind of going into it with what I had and kind of learning along the way and making mistakes. And I'm definitely still probably going to make mistakes and, and learn from those as well. I just remember in PT school, my professors saying, yeah, when I was a new PT, I did this, this, and this, and I wish I would have known X, Y, and Z. And I was just like, you know what? I kind of want to cut through some of that process a little bit and just kind of be in a safe space where I can talk through like questions and issues with my mentors and um, maybe not make those mistakes as often as maybe I would as if I was trying to just like wrestle with some case issues on my own and just kind of build off of the understanding I had just from PT school instead of kind of going off of a maybe a, a bigger and broader foundation that I, I had built with my residency. And for the people who are thinking right now, don't you have to take a pay cut to do a residency? And what are kind of the pros and cons? I don't want to say cons, but like, what are, what are the two sides of it, right? Like, what are both sides for your thoughts when you were doing it um, that you also had going on? Yeah, it, it honestly depends on the residency program. So I know each one kind of does their they're paid differently. My sister actually is a physical therapist as well. And she graduated the year before me from the same school and she also did a residency. So for her residency program, I don't believe she took a pay cut, but um, I think that for the most part from what I, at least I've heard, that's, that's fairly rare. So I want to say that physical therapy residents take about like 60 to 80 percent of what a uh, what a normal PT would typically make but you know to be honest from from what I made my residency year it's totally livable and I to be honest I don't think money was really a factor for me like yeah obviously it was important but I think I was coming out of PT school not getting paid at all and just kind of thinking like hey, you know what, I'm getting something. This is going to be great. <laughs> so I think at the end of the day, when you weigh like how much that you're learning from the mentors, from the experience, and just overall the, the support and the confidence and everything that you build in a residency, like that's so priceless. And I think it's, it's worth every penny that you didn't make. And that wasn't even that wasn't really a thought that went through my mind of, oh, I just, you know, want to go into it 
I don't want to, you know, take a pay cut. I just want to do the real thing and, and get paid like a real PT. I work so hard after all these years, I deserve it. But, you know, on the flip side, that is, that is a real thing for, for a lot of people. And, you know, I was definitely very thankful and blessed that I lived with my parents during PT school. I saved a lot of money that I didn't spend on rent. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of students right now that are like, you know, my student loans are in like six digits. My, you know, rents over the last couple of years wasn't cheap. And they're like, I just need to start paying off my loans, whether or not they have like a wedding coming up or they're taking care of kids. Like those are, those are all very real factors that I think would need to be considered for sure before going into a program where, you know, you're not making as, as much money as you could. Uh, however, me being, you know, like a single young adult, no kids, no husband, I had literally no responsibilities. So I think it made that decision for me a little bit, a little bit easier. However, kind of looking back on it and how fast that year went, I just think, you know, one year taking, taking a little bit of a pay cut, like that's just a drop in the bucket for the rest of your life that you have to work. So I think for me, if you're on the fence about taking it or doing a residency and if the finances isn't, is a factor for you, I would, I would definitely look big picture and maybe not look back so much on the big hole that you just dug yourself, like student debt, like going through PT school and, and kind of racking that number really high and just kind of look that the whole rest of your life you have to work. And in the grand scheme of things, one year doing a residency program is, is really, you know, not that, not that big of a hit. And for what you gain and how much confidence that you have going into the rest of your career, I think it's definitely worth it. All really good points. And thank you so much for explaining that. And especially with the money side, um, because there is two sides of it too. And it depends on your situation as well. And would you be able to go more into, now you said you uh, were in a pediatric sports residency. And I know a lot of students are like, oh, you know, I want to go for an OCS or, you know, just a, a sports residency in general. So if you, if you can differentiate that uh, and if there's like, you know, common things between both or different, uh, different things, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. So, um, there's a bunch of different tracks that you can take when coming out of PT school and looking into residencies. And if working with kids specifically is what people want to do, you can do a pediatric sports residency, you can do a pediatric orthopedic residency. And then there's also a general pediatric pediatric residency where um, I believe you would be able to sit for your PCS exam and they get more of a, a general exposure to peds in a bunch of different environments. But uh, the two that I saw and had the most experience during my residency is I worked with the, the OCS residents and it was, um, there were two residents who were doing the OCS track at Cincinnati and I was the only one doing the sports and we pretty much had the same didactic curriculum and did the relatively the same things except um, the main differences was as a sports resident I was um, getting more prepared for doing like on-field coverage and learning about acute management of injuries 
and things like that. Whereas the, the OCS residents, they were doing a little bit more like teaching than I was and they, their didactic courses were a little bit more like joint specific in, um, in terms of, you know, different types of chronic acute injuries and in, in managements where mine was more like mostly acute injuries. So I think that was the biggest difference is I had on-field coverage that I had to do and then the OCS, they, they did not. So it was just a, a little bit of uh, different experience there. But for the most part, we did our didactic courses on MedBridge, which um, you know some people may or may not be familiar with. It's an online platform where you can get CEUs and you can also you know, get exam prep material there. So basically, we did the OCS and the SCS prep courses for our didactic learning. And then we also had uh, in-person mentorship as well and in-person didactic classes and in labs and things like that. And we always did those together. So our paths looked fairly similar, um, again, aside from the, the on-field coverage that I did. And what was a week in the life of a pediatric sports resident? Good question. So a week in the life. Let's start with Mondays. So Monday, I had the first hour of the day was like a like some residency time. So that was time for me to get into working on my my didactic stuff, like watching videos, catching up on some of those things that I had to do with learning. And then I would get into some on-field coverage. So in the fall, I worked with a college football team primarily as the, as the biggest part of the on-field experience that I had to do. So I spent a lot of time in the training room and also at, at practices in the fall. And then I was in the clinic for about 32 hours a week. So the other, the other eight hours were um, primarily for that that residency time working on the the didactic work. So between working in the clinic, between doing the residency hours, and then doing the on-field coverage, that was kind of, you know, what what a week looked like. And I want to say Tuesdays were my residency days, or my my on-field coverage days. So I for the most part was was at the the local college that I was doing my on-field coverage with and then Wednesdays I was at the local university doing some teaching so that was that was another hat that I got to wear during my residency was doing a little bit of teaching working in like a musculoskeletal course doing some lab work and also um, I gave some lectures a couple times so that was a that was a fun experience and then for the most part Thursday and Friday, I was, you know, in the clinic for, for eight hours in the day. So that's kind of like what a, what a typical week would look like. But um, that was the, that was kind of the, the fun, interesting part of residency. And I'm, I'm a planner hands down. I like knowing what my week's going to look like and having consistency, but I can honestly say one week didn't look the same as the next week. And that was fun, but also kind of crazy at the same time, because I wasn't always doing on-field coverage every single week. Um, It was mostly just kind of in the fall with, with football. And then things got a little bit more steady after, after the fall, where it was mostly just either in the clinic working with patients or doing some, 
doing some teaching at the local university or just doing my, my didactic classes. Very cool. I appreciate that because I'm thinking like a week in the life of PT school, how is it different? Like what were the big differences for you between a week in the life of PT school versus your residency? I can honestly say it felt like even though in PT school we were studying a lot, obviously, right? But I felt like I maybe had a little bit more more free time and a little bit more flexibility in PT school as far as my schedule went. Um, we were in the classroom, yeah, maybe from like seven to seven to three or nine to five or whatever, whatever that day looked like. But as a resident, I worked, you know, 32 hours in the clinic and also had those, um, had those teaching days and those, that residency time where I worked on my didactic and also on top of that doing the on-field coverage, which was all kind of extra. So that's kind of like a lot of stuff to fit into a week. So I feel like there wasn't as much wiggle room as PT school where there was like the classroom hours. And then outside of that, you're either, you know, studying, working out, doing whatever you do in your, in your daily life. But I think as a, as a resident, you can still have that balance in your life. It just takes a lot, a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of intentionality to, to make your work week kind of like balance with, with what you need. It's possible, but it's definitely challenging when you have a lot of, a lot of responsibilities to do and a lot of different hats you have to wear to try to fit everything in. Yeah, that's super interesting. And that's great that you got to have all those experiences. But like you said, just, you know, balancing everything, not knowing what it's going to be week to week. And then uh, even sometime on the weekend of just like having some time for yourself and uh, really not um, overwhelming yourself too much. But if you want to, uh, I'm curious to see more about the teaching and how that was like going back to a local university and teaching uh, MSK and giving lectures. So how was that experience for you? I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Um, I think I've heard you know, throughout my athletic career and even in school as well, when it came to either like tutoring or mentoring other people that you don't feel like you really master a content until you can teach it. So I think that was kind of that moment where coming out of PT school, being like a, a fresh PT and then going back into a PT school, it was a little nerve wracking at first because I was just thinking, I'm only a couple years older than them. Like, are they really going to listen to me? But I think just it was, it was a surreal feeling that you do have something that you can offer by the time that you're out of PT school and you have a little bit more clinical experience than, than some first years who haven't maybe had their clinical experiences yet. So I thought it was a lot of, a lot of fun that even though I don't have the, the depth of clinical experience that somebody has been working for like 10 years that could maybe offer when they're teaching, but I think it was a great opportunity to fine tune just my, my teaching skills and just my overall knowledge of um, the body and the musculoskeletal system to be able to condense it in a way that I can present it to students so that they can understand it and that they can, they can learn the material. So it was, it was fun and I think it was definitely a learning experience for 
definitely myself and uh, hopefully the, the students that I worked with uh, learned something as well. But it was, it was great to be able to have that opportunity again to just kind of solidify everything that I learned in PT school and be able to share that with other people was really rewarding. I love that you went back and did that. I think that's really cool. And for the students listening who are like, you know, I love peds, I love sports, I think this would be really cool. Um, could you just give some insight into who is it that you really love helping? Like what kind of patient is your perfect ideal patient? My perfect ideal ideal patient. Actually, that's funny because I was talking to a coworker about that yesterday, how, you know, in the clinic, it it comes and goes. Like sometimes we get our ideal patients. We're like, yes, this is so much fun. Like we're going to have a good time. And then there are some patients, you know, that are a little bit more challenging than others and kind of gets to you at the end of the day. But my perfect ideal patient, I love working with little athletes. So thankfully that's, that's pretty much the the population that I work with, uh, ages eight to 18, mostly kids that either, you know, tore their ACL playing basketball, sprained their ankle playing soccer, you know, and things like that, or dancers who, you know, broke a bone in the foot, you know, doing ballet and things like that. So I really love young athletes who are, who are motivated and willing to work and willing to like listen to you and, and put your recommendations and suggestions into, into practice, which I think for the most part, athletes are really good at because they're just used to coming from an environment where they have a coach and somebody, somebody there to help them get stronger and better in an athletic environment. And when they come in, when they're hurt, you know, that's something that, they want to continue to use those skills. So their motivation is like, yeah, I want to get back on the fields. Like, how can you help me do this? And they're really willing to do their exercises at home and put into practice some of the like workload progressions that we have them do so that they can get back into their sport safely. So that's definitely my favorite, the, the young athletes who are, who are willing and motivated to get back onto the fields and that's really rewarding for me as a clinician and also as a past athlete who um, I had been sidelined with injuries as well. And I knew what it was like to, to not be able to play. And it's such a bummer and it's so much fun seeing athletes get back onto the field and just like the smile that they get on their faces with, even if in the clinic, you just put a, put a basketball in their hands or like have something, have them do something like, just a little bit sports related and they just light up and that just makes the clinic so much fun and such a great environment is when they're able to see a relationship between what they're doing in the clinic and how that they can apply it by the time they get back on the field. So that's definitely my favorite. I love that. And especially having the experience and seeing their face light up when you put a soccer ball or basketball right in front of them and they're like, wait, we're at the point where we get to actually incorporate, you know, my sport into it. So uh, that's, I can remember that going through PT and that was like the best feeling in the world that your hard work is like paying off and you're getting better. So uh, I absolutely love that. And for right now, during this recording, we're we're recording this during uh, COVID-19 and how has your clinic been transitioning or adjusting have they still been in person or doing telehealth? Uh, if you want to speak more of your current uh, work right now. 
Yeah, so it's it's been an interesting time during COVID-19 for sure. And initially when this whole when this all started, it was actually the day after I took my SES exam. So everything just went crazy after that. That Monday after I took my exam that Friday, I got a call from my supervisor that the clinics were closed and that we weren't going to be seeing patients that day and that they were just going to you know, try to make a plan and see what things were going to look like. And then the next Tuesday we came into the clinic, but it was just me and the other therapists that I work with. And we deep cleaned our whole clinic in hopes that maybe patients could come back after we cleaned all of our things and whatnot. Um, but sadly that actually didn't happen for, for about two months. So the clinic that I was working at was closed. So I work in a, in a hospital based system. So um, we have a bunch of outpatient orthopedic clinics in the, in the Milwaukee area. So most of them were closed and we, we pooled all of our patients and all of the clinicians just to one site. So we could try to limit, limit exposure to a bunch of different places. So I was, I was still kind of working like once a week, probably for like the first month and a half, two months of, of this quarantine time. So I was primarily seeing what we would call urgent patients. And we kind of defined those as people who had, people had surgeries who were at risk for, you know, having some, having some deficits in range of motion or strength or just anybody in general who was in a, a critical time of, of needing to progress certain, certain skills or, you know, again, like range of motion and strength and things like that. So we were only seeing urgent patients at that time. And then about two weeks ago, we started opening up the, the other clinics in our, in our little system in the area. So I ended up going back to the clinic that I had been working at, but still again, only working in the clinic once a week, seeing patients. And now it's up to two, two days a week. So I guess that makes me half essential, I think. <laughs> so uh, our hopes are that we're going to be fully operational in a couple weeks. But again, we're just kind of taking things day by day as I'm sure you know, a lot of, a lot of students in PT school right now are a lot of other, other clinicians are just kind of seeing what, what's going to happen. I think the, the challenging thing about this being an unprecedented time is that we have, we have nothing really to look back on and to pattern how to move forward after this. And I think there's just so many, so many unknowns with, with everything that we're just kind of taking things day by day. But I think there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. We're starting to opening, open things up a little bit, but we are taking certain precautions. All of the therapists working with, with, um, with patients, we've been wearing N95s. So that's kind of, you know, a, a heavy duty type type mask. And we've been screening patients before they even get into the door. If they've been traveling or exposed to anybody, we haven't been letting them in the clinic. So I haven't been seeing any, any patients with COVID-19 at all or anything like that. And um, yeah, we've just been mostly doing one patient, one clinician in the building at once, but now we're starting to get into maybe two clinicians, two patients at once in the, in the clinic and kind of building from there. But we're definitely taking a lot of, a lot of safety precautions and making sure that 
you know, as therapists, we're protected. And most importantly, that our, our patients and our families are, are safe and feel comfortable in, in PT as well. But definitely, definitely unnerving times for sure. And it's, it's a process that we're all kind of going through together. But thankfully, we haven't had too much pushback from any of our patient families. Everybody's kind of just in the same boat as we're all in this together, taking it day by day and just wanting to be healthy and safe. And this is kind of a side question because you are dealing with kids like ages eight to 18. How are you kind of dealing with the parents coming in too? And then not just during COVID-19, but also trying to like educate the parents on what's going on with their kid. That's a great question. So that's the really unique part about working in pediatrics is you're not only just working with your patient, you're working with their families as well. And I think it takes, it takes somebody who's able to, to educate and inform not only on a like kid level in a way that makes sense for them, but also being able to be a professional and be able to inform parents as well. So it's an interesting dynamic there. And sometimes I feel like my, my evals can get a little lengthy trying to talk to both at the same, at the same time and making sure like everybody's kind of on the, on the same page, but again, kind of like what I was talking about earlier with my ideal patient population, there, there are some patients who are, you know, more, more motivated, more willing to work with PT and to get better. And I feel like there are, you know, some, some parents and patients who, you know, maybe are a little bit unsure. And I think in general, pain is very, very complex and it's difficult as, you know, a physical therapist, knowing all that we know about pain science and how, you know, not, it's not all the time that pain equals damage or like musculoskeletal, like breakdown or anything like that. But that's something that's like what parents think about is like, okay, my child is hurt. That means something's wrong. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's hard to educate patients and families in a way that saying like, I know how you feel. Like I can appreciate that what you're, what you're telling me is real and it's valid and you're, you're feeling all these things. However, you know, this is what else could be going on your, on in your body too. So it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting experience for sure. Working with both both patients and their, and their parents, because as parents, you know, I'm not a parent, I can't really, you know, put myself in their shoes, but what I can imagine from, you know, growing up and how protective and cautious my parents were, like, they love their kids and they just want the best for them. They don't want them to be in pain. They don't want them to do anything that would, that would hurt them. And some can be, some can be a little bit protective and give, um, you know, some sports PTs, a little bit of pushback when getting into more higher level activities that they might not think they're ready for, but we kind of think they're ready for. So it's a little bit of, a little bit of give and take and making sure that we're doing the best that we can to be um, encouraging and, and educational at the same time. Yeah. And it's just, you know, a fine line of like, cause you have so much education and really just encouraging the parents that I know that it could be this, but, you know, 
with the phase that um, the patient is in, like, you know, this is the time to keep going. But yeah, I can't even imagine, like, as we all look growing up and being active and when we get hurt, it's like, our parents were so protective of us and um, just explaining to them, you know, the reasoning. So that's really important and a big thing to touch on, especially when it comes to pediatrics. And for, um, you know, I know we talked about a lot today, but if you had to give one piece of advice to current SPTs, what would that be? I would say to definitely give residencies a shot and to look more into it and research about it because I cannot say enough about my experience. Like I absolutely loved it. And I think it just makes like a very, very smooth transition from, you know, schoolwork that you've been doing for the last however many years of your life to going into the clinic. And I think that bridge by having all those different hats that I was saying that I had to wear during my residency, it made that transition by still having some schoolwork, by still being able to teach and being in a classroom and having some on-field coverage, which kind of, you know, tied into being a student athlete, you know, that I had been for most of my life and having those very familiar and comfortable experiences. Um, in addition to being in the, the workplace, I think it was, it was just a, a really great transition and it set me up so well to be able to feel confident and comfortable with being in the, the work environment that I am now. And, you know, to be honest, the, the pediatric sports environment, it's a, it's a niche field and I think it's, it's very competitive. So there's only, there's only one pediatric sports facility um, in Wisconsin that I know of. So I at least knowing kind of going back into my, my home state after my residency that there was only one place that I feel like with my training and what I wanted to do that I really wanted to be. And, you know, I was just kind of hoping that things would, would work out. And I think having the residency experience put me above maybe other applicants that were applying for the, the same job that, that I was. So I think it, it definitely looks good on your resume to do it. But I think other than looking good on your resume, it just is, you know, one of the, one of the greatest things just to make you feel like you're, you're prepared to be an independent clinician coming out of PT school. That's amazing. I think a lot of students are kind of looking for a gap, right? They're looking for something to make that gap. I don't want to call it a gap. Make the transition easier, right? Um, because they have been in school a long time. It's been a very long time uh, <laughs> in the making, and we feel that. So I appreciate that. Um, and for the students who want to reach out to you, if they have questions, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. So um, I am on Instagram now during this quarantine time. I kind of made a like a PT professional account. I noticed myself kind of commenting on some PT things with my my personal Instagram. I'm like, well, it might be about time to make a professional one to kind of separate my my two different lives. But um, they can reach out to me on Instagram. Otherwise, um, email is great too. My email is um, my first name dot my last name at gmail.com. So that's A-L-I-S-S-A dot G-E-I-P-E-L at gmail.com. So I'm definitely very, very open to people reaching out to me. That was actually something that 
I did at um, CSM two years ago. I went to the sports residency SIG, I believe, or if there was just kind of a uh, information meeting. And I loved meeting with, with people uh, who were interested in sports residencies. I can't talk about it enough, so I'm definitely willing and open to talking with, with anybody who's interested. Go ahead, Gabby. Okay. <laughs> we unmuted at the same time. <laughs> But we appreciate you coming on, Alyssa, and thank you so much for this amazing conversation. We know many students will be reaching out and interested more in residency. So thank you so much uh, again. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you guys reaching out, and I can't wait to hear more from you guys. And from all those listening, I can't wait to hear from you as well. Awesome. Thank you again, Alyssa. It was so good talking with you. You're welcome. Thank you guys so much. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.